0: We're going to continue uh, our discussion on love. You know, the last several times that I've been up on Wednesday nights, I've talked about love. And, I, you know, a lot of you that are close to me know that I, I'm on this love journey. You know, what is it? What does it look like? Lord, help me increase my love. That's where I've been the last several months. So we're going to c- continue to talk about that. Um, but first, I want to look at unity real quick. Uh, on, on Sundays, I've been talking about unity. So I just wanted to pull a, verse, a few verses here and look at unity just for a moment. Acts chapter 4, 32 through 35. Well, I've been all in Acts the last couple of weeks, and ironically, we're, we're heading up to, uh, what is Sunday? Who knows what Sunday is? Pentecost Sunday, right? We're praying for the Holy Ghost to move on Sunday. <laughs> Hallelujah. Acts chapter 4, verses 32 through 35. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul, neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles feet and distribution was made unto every man according as he had need so again in this passage of scripture we just see another picture of unity being demonstrated by the early Christians it was so powerful that nobody lacked anything nobody lacked let me know that When the Lord is present, there is no lack. Nothing. We don't go short when God shows up and manifests his power. So that's the power that the early Christians were walking in, and we see that power there. Where does the love come in, though? I don't think this type of unity can be accomplished without love. I think that's why we struggle sometimes getting to this point in unity, because we're love deficient. Not that God hasn't imparted love to us, just haven't activated it yet, fully. This type of unity won't work without love. People will argue and complain and steal and so forth and so on. So again, love is the key. Even when people are in the right place, working in their calling, kinda like we talked about on Sunday, even when those things are right when you're in the right place you're doing what God has called you to do in the church, in the secular world, wherever if love is not a part of what you do and a part of that place then you won't have the full unity that the early Christians exercised and saw the great moves of God so it all, everything hinges on love our whole existence hinges on love now, before we talk about uh, what love looks like. I'm going to talk about how important it is. If you turn with me to the book of First uh, Corinthians, chapter 12, so we're just going to we're just going to paint a picture tonight of of love. What does it look like? First Corinthians 12:31. Paul says, "But covet earnestly the best gifts." And yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Basically what he says, if you look at some of those words in the Greek, do your word study. He says, burn with zeal or envy for the best gifts. And then he says, I'm about to show you what the best gift is. And then it takes us into chapter 13, which we know to be the love chapter. He says, burn with zeal or envy. Now, 1 Corinthians 13 and 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, love, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Verse 2. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and and though I have all faith, So that I could remove mountains and have not charity, love, I am nothing. It's the last verse for the moment. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, love, it profits me nothing. Go back. We talk a lot about the baptism of the Holy Ghost uh, in our church. Are the evidence of speaking in tongues. Yes, we are a Baptist church that believes in tongue talking. You found it. (laughs) We talk a lot about that and about the power that comes with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But Paul basically says this you could talk in tongues all day long, but if it's not founded in love, you're just making noise. As they say in our culture, you're just bumping your gums. Verse 2 basically says this. You can read people's mail all day long. If you don't know what that means, it means that somebody prophesies over you and they tell you exactly what's going on, as if they know they've been in your mind or your heart. You can do that all day long. You can understand all the truths that God has for you to know and live in all God's wisdom and his knowledge. You can have faith to move this hill that this church is planted on right now. But if it's not founded in love, Paul says, he says, I am nothing. He doesn't say that I'm, I'm wasting my time or, or, or it's profitless. He says, I am nothing. Although I can do that, I can be the greatest Christian. Verse 3, I can give everything I have away, give my last penny away. He says, I can literally die for the cause of the Lord. Give my life. But it's a waste if it's not done in love. I might as well not even do it. And it kind of reminds me of uh, uh, giving. If you don't give in the right heart, you'd rather not give at all. You might as well keep your money. So that's what, he, that's what Paul is trying to impress upon us is the importance of love. Again, everything we do in our lives as Christians hinges on love. Without love, I counted up in those three verses all the different things that Paul talks about us doing. Speaking in tongues, prophesying, um, godly understanding, godly knowledge, faith, giving money to the poor, physically sacrificing your life for the Lord. If you have love, all zeros. I'm a math guy, you know, y'all have to bear with me a little bit. You have nothing. This is a waste of your time. For a sure. show. But with love, everybody gets counted. Somebody add that up for me. What do you get? Seven. That's a good number, isn't it? There's perfection that comes with the love of God. And in that perfection comes a profound power to heal the sick, open the door for a new job, heal a baby. We got a baby that's got a skin situation going on. When everything's founded in love, it's seven and it's perfection and the power of God is there in the midst. Now, um, let we'll me get to the point of the message tonight. We've just been talking about how important love is. But now we'll just kind of paint a picture of it. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to read the next four verses. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vauneth not itself. It's not puffed up. It's not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. Not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Rejoice not in iniquity, but rejoice in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And the next several slides, I just kind of summed up what Paul was saying in those verses. You know, y'all know I love the King James Version, so I have to kind of break it down a little bit. I'm just a King James guy, pastor. Talking about that this morning. So just jot these things down as we go through. And A lot of these came out of the Greek um, uh, when I did my word study. Love doesn't lose heart. Remember, we just paint a picture. Love doesn't boil with envy, hatred, or anger. And let me stop again and pause here. A lot of times when I've read the love chapter... I just kinda read over it like it doesn't apply to me or like I've got it all. But that is so not the case. That is so not the case. Cause I'm gonna tell you what, let me go back for a second. Love doesn't lose heart. Uh, Anybody ever lost a job and then couldn't find one real quick? (laughs) Real easy to lose heart when you're in a situation like that. Or you had somebody close to you that died suddenly in a car wreck, wreck, those type things. Easy to lose heart. Don't look over it. The next one, love doesn't boil with envy, hatred, or anger. I'm kind of getting past this, but it used to be, let somebody pull out in front of me, <laughs> and I'd be fighting angry. You know, people have been shot over traffic situations and stuff, road rage. So as we're going through this list, I want you to be self-introspective. Think about yourself and how you stack up when it comes to love. Love doesn't boast about itself. Love doesn't hold itself up. It isn't proud. Love doesn't act unbecoming. Has anybody in, in Walmart, this is just another little nugget to make you think about where we are here. Anybody in Walmart ever been behind my wife when she's checking out? By chance. <laughs> <laughs> she's a great, she, I mean, she does a great job. But I'm going to get it. And I know it. It's already out there. I can't take it back now. But my wife does a great job, because we're on a pretty tight budget. So she does a great job with coupons and those things. She doesn't care who's behind her in line. It's all about her taking care of her family. But if you've been behind her before, and I've been with her a few times, people don't like to wait. Sometimes people act unbecoming in the store. Have you ever been witness to that before? I'm not saying it's anybody out here, but just saying. Love doesn't act unbecoming. Still paint the picture, y'all. Look closely. Love doesn't irritate, provoke, or arouse to anger. Any parents in the house today? I'm going to leave the kids alone for a while. Any parents in the house? Raise your hand if you're a parent. That would never be any of us, would it? We've never done that to our kids, have we? We're not always right as parents. I'm not always right as a daddy. Sometimes, because I know her as a husband, probably better than anybody that knows her now, I know her buttons. And for me to sit up here and say, because I'm a, a, a minister and a pastor now, that I don't sometimes push those buttons, I'd be telling you a lie. Don't look over this. Let's not glaze over this as if it doesn't apply. It hits every one of us love doesn't irritate provoke or arouse to anger I know another example I'm just, just going to talk about myself because I, I don't want to alienate anybody but ever been on the interstate like I have and uh, somebody gets too close to your bumper at 75 miles an hour or, dang. Yeah, I speed sometimes too. Uh, Anybody ever been on your bumper? Flash the lights at you, and your foot kind of slips over and taps on the brake pedal. That's provocation right there. You may feel like it's justified. A lot of things we go through, we feel like it's justified to get angry and respond. Uh, mm -mm. That's not what love is. Love doesn't irritate, provoke, or arouse to anger. Love doesn't dwell on or deliberate over evil. Love doesn't rejoice in habitual and perpetual sin. Love rejoices in the truth. The Bible says the truth should make us free. Love the truth. And the thing about it is, this seems like an easy one to say amen to, doesn't it? Seems like it, but really, those of us that are a little bit older and mature, we know that the truth a lot of times hurts. The Bible tells us to love, uh, that love rejoices in truth. We get excited about truth. A lot of times we don't want to hear truth coming because it cuts. Cuts hurt. Love endures. Doesn't quit. I'm quitting on my child because they dropped out of college. I'm not going to quit on them they've screwed up 15 times. I said that word again. 15, because they messed up 15 times. I'm not going to quit on them. She's not quitting on her husband. You could have quit the church. Threw your hands up. That's not love and that's not what you're showing. You're showing love. Love remains confident in any situation. There's Larry in here by chance. Larry Smith, one of our deacons. Larry's not in here. He's with the children. I'm going to say this. uh, Hope I'm not getting out of order. But Larry uh, Larry got laid off from a wonderful job working in the banking industry here in town. Been out of work for a good while. Um, Now, he may tell you something different, but everything that I've seen about Larry uh, says that he's remained confident. And it's tough on a man when a man loses their job the Lord puts something in us to make us want to make sure our family is taken care of and covered Larry hadn't lost confidence that's what love is in any situation not just the easy ones love never lets go love that song we sang earlier your love never fails never quits There's another song we sang here. Um, I don't know if this is the right title, but you'll know it. Um, You never let go. Oh, no, you never let go. Through the calm and through the storm. Every time we sang it, I tear up and cry. Because Jesus never let go of me. So then, when we talk about painting a picture of what love is, that's it. That's the picture of love picture of Christ's bloody, bruised, broken, battered body. Now, all those of us that are in here that can see, some better than others. That looks with the physical eye like a terrible picture, ugly picture. I don't see anything beautiful about that. If you've seen the movie The Passion of the Christ. This is where this steel shot comes from. Nasty. But, if you look at the spirit, if you look at this picture in the spirit realm, it's the most beautiful picture ever created. It's the true picture of love. Now, how does this relate to us? To the naked eye, love may look ugly, stupid, crazy, and weird. But in the spirit to the Lord, it's the most beautiful thing. Truly masterpiece. Michelangelo and Picasso have nothing on this here. Mark 8, 34 says this. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. Jesus tells us that everyone that follows him, in this Christianity that we all claim, has to take up his or her own cross. The love that I've been talking about, I haven't presented it this way before. But it's not a physically pretty thing. Naturally, love is ugly. It's hard. It's painful. But the harder it is, the prettier it looks in the spirit realm. Philippians 3, 12, 14 says this. Hey, honey, you come and get this for me. I'm going to pass this around as well. Paul says this, this is another familiar passage to a lot of us, 3 and 12. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. He says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul says he's not gotten there yet, but he's actively pursuing it. He hasn't become the full picture of perfection yet. This is perfection right here. It's not making it. It's not the American dream. Husband, wife, two kids, two unpaid for cars, and a house that's Mortgage for $200,000. Nice clothes. This is perfection. Paul gives us an example by using himself though. He says, I'm trying to get there. Every day I'm striving. I think it was also Paul that said, I die daily. So it should be that In this love life that we live. With every single day. We're dying daily. We become more and more like this picture. So then by the time we leave this earth. This is what we look like. Now most of us. Because we live in the United States. Are not going to. We're not going to go through this kind of pain. For the cause of Christ. I dare say. For a lot of us it will just be wounds. Mental wounds. And. Those type of things. But this, when we leave, should be a picture of us. Heard Criflo Dollar say uh, one day this week, Judy, this is what I was telling you the other morning. Uh, a lot of times as Christians, we, wanna, we want every day to be smooth. We don't want any opposition like we're racing or something. We, want every day, we don't want anything in our way. Every door is supposed to swing open. Nobody should ever oppose us. No conflict, smooth sailing. But he said something interesting. He said, "He said if there's no conflict, if there's no struggle, then there's no growth. If we're not taking stripes. We're not going anywhere. And really, you're either going forward or you're going backward. There's no resting if you're in a river, you can't just sit in the river. You're going to either go with the flow or you're going to be going upstream. We should be like salmon in this walk for Christ. We should be toiling. Jesus said that we would suffer for his cause. So we get, we got to be willing to take the wounds. That's what love is. we got to be able to take the stripes. When I leave, I want to be marked up like Jesus was, however it may come. I don't know. My family, we can move to Africa and be missionaries, and I die. Somebody kill me. Great. That's the picture that we're striving for right there. So whether or not you literally give your life, you know, we talk about a lot of times uh, in retrospect, those kids that, the saved kids that died at Columbine. they gave their lives for Jesus. Whether whether or not you go like that or you live a healthy life, this is what we should look. We should look battered and scarred on the outside and the natural. By the time we look like that, we're going to be a perfect picture to the Lord Jesus. And he's going to be happy to welcome us in. Now, those of you that took notes I uh, wanted to do this. I didn't get to, get to do it uh, I'm closing. But those of you that took notes, I want you to put those notes up on your refrigerator. I want you to look at that. See how you're measuring up every day. Challenge yourself to look more and more like Jesus. There's a song that uh, came to mind, and I'll close with it. I kind of changed it up, and y'all sing with me once you realize the tune. Let me just ask you to close your eyes for a moment.
1: The. Power in the love of Jesus, it washes white as snow.
0: God, I just thank you. I thank you for your sacrifice of your son, and I thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you've given us a perfect picture of what love really is. You've given us something to strive for. And it's attainable. For that, I say thank you. But well, Lord, going forward, I ask for strength for myself and everybody that's under the sound of my voice. Our senior pastor, our youth pastor, who are not here with us right now, and their families as well. But I ask for strength to pick up our cross and carry it, to die daily to seek to serve you and others more than we seek to serve ourselves. To love our wives. To love our husbands. To love our children. To love our parents. To love our bosses. To love our employees. Oh God, to love the people that curse us. God to love the people that don't like us. I ask for strength. I ask for supernatural strength, Lord. So it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen.